You're taking away the game from the people who invented the game, and that's just completely wrong. Gone against everything that we love about this game, and to just say, oh, well, we'll, we'll take money off the owners, I don't think that's strong enough. It squeaks when you touch it, Dan. Oh, <laughs> that's going to be taken out of context. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Rematch Podcast. I'm Ollie and of course I'm joined by Adam, Sam, Van and Cam. In the show we'll discuss the start and end of the Super League and what should happen next to those clubs involved. We have a question from one of our listeners again to talk about and I've ripped off another TV quiz show to finish off with this week. So boys, let's just get straight into it. I mean, we've kind of missed the whole European Super League chat at this point in that we didn't have a show last week, but... It's still going on to some extent, but first of all, I just wanted to get your initial thoughts on, on on what you thought about when it first came out. The initial thought was that we've had a podcast going for months that <laughs> where we were running out of football topics, and then the biggest thing that's happened for probably about 20 years <laughs> happened when we didn't have the podcast, which was just the most typical <laughs> thing ever. That was my initial thought. And Mourinho was stacked on the same day, so yeah. we didn't have enough to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was just a case of head in hand. And you just can't believe that this is almost what football's come down to. It genuinely felt at parts on, was it last Sunday when the news was breaking, that it just, this could be the end of football as we know it. And if, if those six do break away and the Premier League don't allow them back in, well, then what happens to football in this country? Not just in this country, actually, it would have been around the whole of Europe, wouldn't it? Because you'd have the Liga won't be the same, neither will the Bundesliga. Liga, they're all going to, 150 years of history all wiped out within the space of a couple of hours it seems because it was one team then another saying oh and then the, the statement came on Sunday evening saying we have signed up as one of the 12 founding members of the European Super League and you just thought what are you doing I mean I don't know about anyone else but it was just a case of you almost went to bed that night thinking well that's that's football over yeah it was art for me it was more it was strange because I was shocked, but I also wasn't shocked because we've come to sort of realise that money does drive football these days and that's just how it is. And to be fair, it's always drove football, really, other than very, when the game was first invented. But since then, people have realised and invested in the game. And don't get me wrong, it has helped the game, like with the, the likes of Sky and things like that. That's obviously helped stadiums and stuff in the past. But this was taking it a step too far because it was Sky didn't exactly take our game away from us. I don't think this the kind of yeah they took aspects away in terms of like fans argue that they're priced out of games and things like that now. But they sort of developed how we view football and they gave the Premier League a platform and that's how English teams are so successful these days. But this was just a step that would literally destroy everything that has has. The game that has developed into the best sport in the world, and it would have completely went against the whole point of football, which is entertainment. Because these games, like you think, Ollie, Liverpool v Barcelona a couple of seasons ago, um, the four 0 win at Anfield, that could have happened in the Super League, but it happened twice. It could happen twice a season. That's a one once in a lifetime sort of result. It's it just ruins the magic of everything. Honestly, it was just it, it's so frustrating. But like I said, I'm genuinely not surprised at how it went down because 
owners at the end of the day are there for the money and that's that half of them have came out and admitted that that listen we're investors and we thought this was the best financial opportunity which you can see the, the reasoning behind because they don't care about the game yeah i mean i'm probably not the best person to talk about because i've watched liverpool from afar for quite a few years now but even yesterday seeing the celebrations in and around pool we obviously the promotion and even the games we've been to the away days and games like that hopefully we can go to more in more in the future because that's what football football's about like you said Liverpool against Barcelona it's, it's a special thing it's a special game that doesn't happen every so often but if you've got the likes of these big big teams playing each other every week I don't I don't really see the point of I do see the point because it's money but I don't really see the fun of it it's just quite sad that that people probably would buy into this idea and it's I, I don't know what you lot think, but it's something I can see popping up again fairly soon. Well, I, sorry to jump back in, but I, I do feel like the way it's, it's sort of not said, oh, the Super League's over, that's it. They said, right, we'll have a rethink. I think that basically means that what they're going to do is they're going to have the Super League, but then they're going to also have like places where you can get relegated and you can get promoted into it. I, can, I can't see this. That was the main problem, wasn't it? The fact that teams couldn't get into it basically or it was going to be extremely difficult to get into it and you've got to be obviously have a, have a lot of money behind you a lot of financial profit but for me it's, it's, it's got to do one it was interesting the fact that all, obviously all English fans and, and, and Spanish fans and Italian fans were all against it but obviously they've got a huge market in the likes of um, India in Asian countries in um, African countries they would have loved to have seen the fixtures, the Super League fixtures, because they, they want to see the best the best teams playing. So there was there was the market there, but obviously you're taking away the game from the people who invented the game, and that's just completely wrong. You can't do that. I think that what's going to happen is we're going to end up where we're going to see games that involve teams that, are, that go by the name of Manchester United or Liverpool or Barcelona, but they're going to have absolutely no affiliation to that place whatsoever. They could be based out of New York, they could be based out of China, they could be based anywhere in the world, but they're going to have these franchise names almost. And we, I mean, you just look at the at the hate that Milton Keynes Dons get, and they're hardly a big team in this, in this league, but everyone calls them franchise FC, and everyone hates the idea of it. So if that's going to happen with the 12, inverted commas, biggest, or, you know, perhaps four or five of the biggest teams in Europe, it's... The word that I can only think to sum it all up is 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 sad. It's just it's really sad that people at the very top of the game are not interested in in the 150 years that's come before them, and in the hopefully 150 plus years that will come after them. And it, I, I mean, there's not, I don't think there's really much else that we can add, seeing as when we're talking about it. But as it came through with every tweet that was posted from an official source, you felt like you were witnessing history. You felt like this was a really really big moment in time. And everything that came through, some people were getting annoyed by it, frustrated, angry. For me, it was just really sad. I was, just, I was going to say, especially the, the Arsenal one. I mean, that was worded a lot differently to some of the other statements. And it was like, it, there was almost a sense of pride in, in joining this breakaway league. I mean, Arsenal, in, in these bunch of top teams, Arsenal shouldn't even be up there. Never mind be proud of breaking away into this big boys club that, no English fan wants. Can you reason with the likes of Arsenal and Spurs? And to be fair, can you reason with all of the Premier League clubs? Because obviously, it's it's the Real Madrid owner, the uh, Perez, that that's that's sorted this all out. 
If if you were invited on that, we'll call it a Zoom call. If you were invited on that Zoom call where the discussions were were happening, it's hard to say no to it because you don't want to get left behind. That's the issue. And, and these owners aren't ballsy enough to stand up against it. Th- th- this is a, a huge financial opportunity for them. So I can sort of understand why they jumped on this bandwagon because Kroenke at Arsenal, for example, they uh, aren't even in the Champions League next season. They might not even get Europa League next season. So the way they're going, this Super League thing, the, they will potentially get a billion pounds more just in a few years just by going in the Super League. So I, I, I can understand why they've jumped on the bandwagon, but after you've seen a fan's react, the, the whole of the fan's reaction, they've got to come out and give a, a proper apology. Ollie, like I know your owners, um, they came out, well, the owner, he came out and said, that he's sorry, basically. But did you buy it? I mean, I didn't buy that one bit. It just felt so false. I, I think I think what you've asked there is the problem with it. He's, he's come out and done that as a PR stunt to try and save face. And now you've asked me if if I feel sorry for it, if I'm forgiving him. We shouldn't even be having that question. I mean, look at the last year, what he did with the furlough scheme. That's everything that the, in the tradition of the club in the 70s and 80s with, with Bill Shankly and Bob Paisley is... That's gone on for years, but it just feels like it's been wiped out in the last year, and it doesn't feel like feel like the club that everyone fell in love with when when Bill Shankly brought in those morals throughout the club, and it's just something completely different now. So I just see it as it is. It's a it's a PR stunt, something he had to do. I mean, even the Glazers, who you hear nothing about, they came out with a statement which says a lot about how much of a PR movement it is to come out and speak to the fans. I think you've hit the nail on the head, really, there, Ronnie. It was. Um... It was shocking to see, but like Dan said before, it was unexpected. I mean, you look at the amount of money that these American owners have put into the football club and there's not taken away from that. They've bought the likes of Pogba and, and Salah and the, they've come in and, and, and done the best, what they think is the best for their football club. And that's what they've tried to do in this scenario as well. But it was a total, in my eyes, attempt to recognise football. They want a Super League where the best teams will play the best and they get revenue from that week upon week upon week. Um, but it goes completely against the whole sporting integrity of football where you would have the underdog teams. That's why we love the FA Cup. It's a chance for the little team from the National League, the League Two, to come up against the big boys of the Premier League, even to extent the Championship where you get the big teams that have dropped down. Um, and we've seen that so, so many times that over the past the past years of, of the little teams coming out and beating the big boys, and that would take away from that if you joined the Super League. But I think it was on Scars where they said it was a board member who remained unnamed that their first motive was to generate as much revenue as possible. And the second was for the wider good of the game. That was a secondary priority. Now, for me, that just harks on about everything that is wrong with modern football. And it was the audacity of these football clubs who go on and on and on about fixture congestion. I mean, I know it's not the owners themselves that do, but these football clubs who are at the top of the game say, oh, but we're playing in, in a final this week, we're in the Champions League are going to the, the latter stages of this competition. We can play this many games we want to win to make. And then to sign up for a European Super League with the potential for 15 extra games a season. I mean, if that's not hypocritical, I don't know what is. Just kind of moving on to what should happen with these clubs next then. I know there's been talks of fines and points deductions. I mean, I've seen people say that we shouldn't punish the players or the fans, which I completely don't agree with when you see what's clubs in the past probably Cam, you're the best to speak about this, obviously, having suffered a, 
a points deduction this season with Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Um, look, I, I, I agree that there does have to be some sort of punishment. Look, I, I, it, it, it's different. The only thing I'll say about Wednesday is it, it's different. You know, what, what happened with Wednesday is different. Um, same with, I've seen lots of people talk about, you know, ones that have gone in the past, you know, Birmingham springs to mind and then you sort of you more bigger ones and high profile ones like, like Leeds um, you know they're all they're all different situations um, I, I, yeah I do think there has to be some sort of punishment look I don't think you can you can relegate them or demote them to, to far before ever I, I don't agree with points deduction either look I think the only punishment you can give is to take is to take half or just over half the shares of of every of not just these clubs but every every football club and give it to the fans and and I'm sure we will talk about the, the German model soon so I'm probably jumping the gun a bit here but you know that that I think that's the only way to get around it is that that we're talking about what football means to the fans well then give the fans you know a bigger say and a bit and the bigger you know you know and give them the give them the decision like they do in Germany, um, and to take to take the power away from the people that don't don't want the right things. And I know it's gonna that might upset a lot of people because I'm sure that because there are plenty of fantastic owners that that own 100% of the club that want to do the best for the club. But you know, I think it, it's not fair to then say, oh, this top six English clubs, you know, these clubs that wanted to join the Super League, then say, oh, right, well, we're getting the 50, we're taking away 50% of your ownership. And then we're giving it to selected fans or or whatever. However, they they originally started it in Germany. I think you have to do it across England. I think, um, and ideally across Europe as well. Um, not just obviously we're talking about Premier League because we're because we're English and that's what we specifically care about. But it has to be across Europe. I think as well. I think regarding the punishment, I kind of agree with what comes to that. You can't you can't relegate them because unfortunately these clubs are bigger than the league. That's just the simple fact of it. Um, but the what you can do is, I mean, bringing it up to, to Borough, and I'm sorry to do this, but it was, I know it was so many years ago, we got a points deduction because um, it was, I think it was, was it against Blackburn, Sam, where yeah. our players were all... We got relegated. Season. Yeah, we got relegated because of that and we were on the verge of becoming potentially a big club like, like the likes that we're seeing in the We would have been now. a powerhouse of Europe if that didn't happen. <laughs> To be, I mean, we do laugh, but you never know, do you? That, that's the sort of thing. But they're not going to get a, a, a points deduction either. I think what, what I'd love to see is them come out voluntarily and accept a punishment. And I'd say take a heck of a lot of funds away from the owners. That's what I'd love to see. And i tell you what I'd love to see them do as well. Give it across English football to the National League, to, to League Two, to, to fund these leagues that are struggling currently through the pandemic and help them out. I, I think that would be the best thing. That, I know it's a PR stunt for him again, but I think it's the best thing they could possibly do. And it'd sort of win over a lot of fans again. And it'd, it'd fix the wrongdoings that they've done because they've essentially took the absolute mick out of the English game. But coming out and doing this, that's the... For, you can say sorry all I want, but it's, it's actions more than words. And, and that would do a real be a real statement for me if they came out and funded even grassroots sport, any, anything, just fund something lower than them to help them out. 
for me, I think there has to be a stricter punishment than, than what you've both said. And, and I, I get totally where you're coming from. I think there should be a 50 plus one rule um, in this country, across Europe. I think that we should be definitely putting more money into grassroots football and into the lower leagues. But I just think what sort of precedent does this set if we don't punish them for doing this? They've broken Premier League rules. They've gone against the whole sporting integrity of football. They've gone against everything that we love about this game. And to just say, oh, well, we'll, we'll take money off the owners. I don't think that's strong enough, personally. I think um, I don't think it would be fair to punish them this season, do I? Well, minus 20 points, potentially. It would put half in the relegation zone. I think Man City would probably still win the title. But if you postpone it till next season, I think that's potentially a slightly fairer way of doing it. But I just think that there's got to be some sort of harsher punishment to prevent this from happening in the future. For me, that rather than punishment, there needs to be change. Because, yeah, you could. I think you could quite easily give them point deductions next season. But at that point, even though they are the self-acclaimed big six, it's Arsenal and Spurs that would suffer a hell of a lot more than the other four. The other four would, I mean, granted, you might end up seeing one of them, of, of those four still going down. But Arsenal and Spurs wouldn't be able to get away a 30-point deficit. I mean, Arsenal this season definitely wouldn't. And so if if you do punish me, it has to be fair. And that's not particularly fair. I would, I'd quite like to see something similar happen. But I think the other 14 clubs in the Premier League, in an ideal world would say you've gone against competition rules. You're not welcoming the league anymore, but they can't purely because they can't exist without the big six. And that's why it needs change because you could bring in the the, the, the six high championship sides, but Norwich, Watford, Reading, Swansea, Bournemouth, Barnsley don't have, the, wouldn't generate the income that one of the big six would generate. And so realistically, you'd have to promote 30 teams for that to be viable. And obviously at that point, that's not viable anymore. So I think what needs to happen is we need to, if I was one of the, if I was a chairman of one of the other 14 clubs, I would be cutting back as much as I possibly could. And I would be willing everybody else in my position to do the same thing. Because I think the current broadcasting rights are three and a half billion. I think they are. And they, and they're divided up equally. So every team gets what? 350 million. If those big six were to leave that TV deal, I would say would go from three and a half billion to maybe 1 billion. Which is they're going wrong. Yeah, that's a lot of money. So suddenly you're going down to, if my math is correct, two hundred million each in prize money, or something like that. Anyway, no, two hundred fifty million. Sorry. So you're losing a lot there by doing that. So what needs to happen is we need to cut back on, on wage bills, cut back on sponsorships, so that that's sustainable. Because at three and a half billion, and then suddenly you're in jeopardy when the big six want to leave, and you would all struggle if they did. Because if I was a footballer at a, I don't know, let's say I was playing for West Ham or Crystal Palace, you know, a side that's been in the Premier League for, for a number of years now, but is not one of the big six. If my owner or chairman said to me, right, we're cutting your wage from 150 grand a week to 100 grand a week, that's still ludicrous and you'd be silly to not take that still. If every club does that and you can cut back and almost put a, um, a, a wage cap in, if this happens again, which I think, as Dan said, is probably inevitable, at that point, you can say, right, go then. And then, you're not, and then the, you can't come back and we can now afford to carry on without you. And that, in a way, is, is the biggest punishment that if these big six are stupid enough to try and leave again, if we're in a position where we can say you leave and you're not coming back, we're suddenly much stronger. Just, just on the subject of change, obviously we've seen these protests around the grounds. Bruners to leave, we've seen FSG out, Cronky out. But the problem with that is if... There's no reason why 
the next person to buy these clubs will have similar sort of motives. Yeah. We've seen the money come into the game and there's nothing stopping that from happening again. I'm sorry to relate to us again, but we had Hicks and Gillette before FSG and they nearly took the, the ground and thankfully FSG picked up the club for nothing and they, they profited from that massively and about seven, six to seven times more than, than what the club was worth when they first got it. So there needs to be some sort of change around that. Like you said, the 15 to 1 rule. I know you wrote about it, I think, Adam, quite a, quite a while ago now and it's, it's, it's picked up relevancy now. Why doesn't everyone just chip in and buy the clubs, as, as Ferdinand said? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got lo- loads of football contacts, right? I'm not going to pretend I do, but of the select few I have, they all tend to be in towards non-league football. And from what I know and hear and understand, pretty much every single club at that level, and probably slightly above and slightly below, run to a loss every single year. Now, that's clearly not sustainable. In the same way that having these ludicrous deals at the top of the game, as we've seen now, clearly isn't sustainable. So it isn't just that the Premier League needs to change. It's the whole the whole football pyramid from the very top to the very bottom needs to change so that it can run sustainably. And fan will fan ownership help towards that? Maybe, but there's also the chance then that it goes completely wrong because if you're thinking as a fan and you're not thinking with a sort of business head, you're going to do what you want to do rather than what you should do that will get you the best possible outcome. And that may well be let's have a go this season. Let's put loads of money in this season. Hope it works. If it doesn't, you're worse off. So I'm not sure fan ownership is is the answer. I think we just need to heavily cut back and redistribute money properly so that every club and every league can run sustainably. And you don't have to worry if, well, you, you haven't got to worry about a team, however big or small, ceasing to exist anymore. I think you're totally right, Adam. Uh, you meant you mentioned about you know, non-leagues, you know, the, the clubs that you that you follow or you know of people that you know, make a loss. I think I can't think of one team that outside the Premier League that makes a profit. There will be, but off the top of my head, I can't think of one team. The, you know, it it'll be a it'll be a team in you know League One that's stagnated, that's maybe that's you know maybe had a little bit of a rise, that's got a really good fan base, that's not spending ludicrous money on wages. And and how many teams do we see again? Like this, what you mentioned towards the end of that, have a go for promotion, especially to the Premier League. I think every year you've got you've got two or three teams in the Championship that, in a sense, come from nowhere. They might be big teams already. They might be tiny teams, but you know they'll have a tend to have an investment and they'll buy a load of players. You know from from anywhere that, that they think are, are good enough, whether they're proven or unproven, and they will have a basically have two years, two or three years to have a go. And if it doesn't work, um, certainly they'll end up going in the wrong direction, shall we say. Um, and, and and I say you could give maybe like Reading as an example this year and, and, and last year. Um, I think they've probably only got probably one more year. Um, I think their accounts got released as well not too long ago. And I think they've lost an incredible amount of money, like a, a stupid amount of money um, over the last over the last year. Um so, so yeah, definitely. I think Bristol City as well was another a good example of where they've, you know, look at them now, sort of just sat in mid-table doing nothing after having a couple of good years, pushing for the playoffs, spending a lot of money. And I think they probably even spent a bit of money this year as well. Um, so, yeah, it happens not just non-league as well in the Championship. And, and like when Dan said, you know, can we spread that money out to League One and, and League Two in the Championship? I know there's been a, there's been a bailout 
or sorry, League One, National League, League Two. But that money also, I think, needs to go to championship clubs as well, especially in the financial times we are in at the minute. But for me, just to develop it on Adam's idea a little bit and fair distribution, just an idea off the genuinely off the top of my head, and it might—I know it's probably not viable whatsoever. But what about if the owners didn't invest money into clubs, and all it was was just leagues gave out money, and you get money the, the higher up you finish in the league. Everyone, basically, everyone starts to scratch now. Premier League, if you're top of the Premier League, you get the most money. And it literally works all the way down the calendar, uh, down the down the leagues like that. You see teams going up, going down all the time. Everyone's got a fair budget. There's no investment or anything like that. And you just, you've got what, essentially, all you've got is prize money. You haven't got investment from owners or anything like that. There's no owners going on strike or anything. It's just whatever you get, you get given. The club think, yeah. can be run through 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 things like, say for example, kit sales. Because Man United is still going to be a huge club, so the kit sales you still get the money, but that gets invested into academies instead or into um, jobs at the at the club because they still need a bigger social media team than, for for example, Notts County Adams. Sorry, but you know what I mean. That it's yeah. just, I I think that when you say reinvent the the pyramid, I think that's a, a viable way of doing it and just getting rid of. Because nobody knows how much money clubs have got at the minute. It's just ridiculous. Like no, nobody has a clue. If you know how much money you've got, and the the, the thing is, the, the issue we've got is people might think, oh, world class players might just go to like your likes of your twentieth in the Premier League, but it wouldn't work like that because the best players just want to play for the best clubs, for who is finishing top every season. Who it'd be more down to management then and things like that. It'd be, be I think it'd be such an open game and it'd be brilliant to watch. But the only issue is that the Premier League would never do it because they like their big top six because they like having people in the Champions League competing at higher levels. They like they like Man City having the best squad in the world. That's that's the issue they've got with the billions and billions that they've got. So it will never get done. But I ju- I just love to see it because that, then that means that you've got such an open and, and fair game and nobody could go bust. It's impossible to go bust. Yeah, but not only that, Dan. Though what I'd say is that you. Yeah, okay, you'd have a nice competitive English game, but when it comes to if we talk about Champions League, yeah, that, that was my point. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what what let's let's just pick a player from you know a random player from South America that's got the option of coming to England or any other European team that yeah, and if there's a wage cap in place or if there's limited transfer money for this team to spend in England, why why on earth would they then come to England? Yeah, it's it's at the end of the day, players are. A lot of players are money driven. Not every player, but money is a huge factor nowadays, more than what it was, and it's 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 to the point where we're now generations into that. You know, it's not just we're not in the first generation of players that only care, or a lot of players only care about money, or money is a big thing to agents to to the families of these players. Yeah, money's been around in the game now for, for thirty years in the Premier League. Yeah, if all that money then went. I'm not saying not it would go, though. Cam, be... I'm, not, in fact, I'm not saying it would go. I'm saying like it would be just distributed out a lot fairer. And, and well, like, the top team in the Premier League, it's still, don't get me wrong, I'd, I'd still give them like a £200 million budget or whatever. Do you know what I mean? They would still get a heck well, yeah, of a lot of money. Bit, but you still got to pay the play. Like that £200 million doesn't go very far when you've got players on two hundred grand a week like Man City have. Oh, yeah, but it wouldn't It wouldn't just get rid of the, the wage budget. Do you know what I mean? Like they'd still have the players now when they could play around with the wage budget. But it's just a long 
term thing. It eventually even out. Hopefully, I, I think. I don't know. I th- I, th- I think at the end. I think at the end of the day, yeah. Man City. Let's say Man City for an example. If they wanted to buy this South American wonder kid, yeah. But if if you if you're limiting the money that they spend, because at the end of the day, broadcast revenue is only going to go up. If the Premier League stays exactly as it is, broadcast revenue is only going to go up. Um, yeah, these South American players are going to want more money. The league of broadcast money is only going to go up. But yeah, that... if you're given the choice, if you're given the choice of earning seventy thousand pounds a week to go play for Real Madrid or fifty thousand pounds a week mm. to go and play for Man City, you're going to. Oh, I completely agree. That's, that's why I said it's it's probably not viable. But that's the game I'd like yeah. to see. Just an even game oh, where yeah, it's kind of like Sunday League, where you turn up and you've always got a chance of winning on the pitch. Do you know mm. what I mean? But realistically, yeah. this this top six are just going to run away with it now, yeah. aren't they? Because in a sense, it's a, it is a similar situation to what a wage cap would be. And the only way a wage cap would work is if it was at least continental, you know. And, and if it was because at the end of the day, the biggest leagues are in England, uh, sorry, in, in in Europe. And 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 if you then wage capped the the, you know, the biggest leagues in Europe, to then so they can only play pay players a maximum of whatever, then you know then the player picks the picks who they want to play on merit on history or on facilities or current the current players you know then that that's the perfect game that's that's how that's where we want football to be the only problem maybe would be then if the mls started getting traction and money invested into it but i think there's rules in place to stop that happening but yeah no i I agree dan it's the perfect it's the perfect model if only people had thought of that before investors had uh had come into it uh whatever, 30 years ago when the Premier League started. I sort of agree with you, Dan, that it's going to take something drastic. But just, I mean, we've kind of, we're kind of already pulling this idea together like it's a rigid idea that's been suggested by, you know, the top people in the game, so to speak. And I understand that you're saying it might not be viable and whatnot, but I can just remember when we were under, pre- when Notts County were under previous ownership, an owner who nearly ran us into the ground and put his days off of not existing anymore. We had players who were allegedly on three and a half thousand pounds a week in league two and i remember the owner saying that for us to be viable and to break even we would have to have crowds every week averaging seventy-five thousand people which i think just shows the huge disparity that even even at the lower leagues of how much so many owners just pump money into the club to try and get success and then when it doesn't work, are left to suffer. Which is why I agree that I think it will take something drastic, like what you're suggesting, to try and make it a bit more even. But I think if you have a bad owner, even with that system, they'll just pump all of that money that they're receiving in the wrong way, but having, having players on stupid money for the league that they're in. Yeah, and see, we could still if, see what we're seeing now. If you combine the 50-1 to one rule with, with that... Then maybe it works, doesn't it? Maybe. Do you know what maybe. I mean? You can't combine the two. Then, then it, all the decision making obviously is there. Then, isn't it for the for the fans? But it's mm. yeah. It, it's we could talk for hours, couldn't we? We really could. Yeah. But we could. It'd be nice to one day maybe maybe have a, have an idea session. Do you know what I mean? Like what we'd actually do with the game. Like my, some spider my, diagrams up. the ideas, man. The ideas, man. <laughs> Wonders part two. <laughs> The Super League is an urban legend.
So for this week's listeners question, we've actually managed to get another question in somehow. Uh, it's from Callum from Hull, uh, who asks, I'm not sure we've spoken about this before, he asked if we have any fears or phobias. Yeah, I mean, I'm not as much now. I, I used, I've kind of got two, I guess. No, I've got a lot, actually. I don't like insects, for a start. I, I full on hairspray. I feel awful because I don't like animal cruelty at all and, and insect cruelty and stuff like that. But sometimes you, you feel like your life's threatened by them. So I like, the other day I was I was in the shower and like there was a it must have been a queen wasp or well, I think they have queen wasps. Is that right? Queen wasps. Yeah, you know, like a big a big wasp. The the mother the mother the mothership that one. And it was like it was full on attacking me and I was in the shower and the only thing I could grab was hairspray and honestly I must have been like stood there hairspraying it for like about fifteen You're minutes. Not used to the shower. But no, because it wouldn't have done it properly. It, it was just like. Oh, I don't know. I can't explain, but that's one of my phobias. Like, I, I don't like insects at all. And before, like, I, I was asleep on a, uh, on a night, as you do, go to sleep on a night. And uh, <laughs> so Alan Partridge. Um, so then <laughs> well, I, well, I, I woke up in the night and I, I turned my light on because I was wanting to go to the toilet or something. And as I turned my light on, like, on the side of my chest of drawers, there was this huge, I'm not even joking, it was a massive moth, and it was like it a centimetre away. <laughs> oh, it was huge, mate. Honestly, I swear to God, that was awful. Um, and then the last phobia, I think it was um, maybe like the fear of kind of missing out. I think it's a bit of a phobia. And like, it's like, I'm 24 this year, and I feel like, I don't know. You know, and like you sit back and you're like, have, have I lived my life properly? Have I done all the things that I want to do? And I know I'm only 24, and some people listening might be like 60 or something. I don't know. Cameron's just said crazy. But, but I, I, and it is, it is, admittedly. But we'll all sit there one day and be like, oh, I wish I did that. And I, I, that's that's one of my fears. Say yes to most things, not everything. I, I wouldn't say anything. Don't say yes. Most things. What about anyone else? Does anybody else have any um, fears or weird? Things like that. <laughs> Why can't it work? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to expect that question to go so deep. It's quite ironic that you're saying deep because one of mine being in water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't really swim. I've already said this story on the podcast about how I cheated my way to five metres. Um, <laughs> yeah, just if I was ever thrown into water, it could be as high as my knees and no higher, I would still really panic, really panic. And so hopefully you never see me in that situation. <laughs> um, and also lifts. I don't like being in lifts either, which you kind of pulled me around with eventually at uni when you insisted in the end that we went always up to our shorthand lessons in the lift. And to start well, with, you may have seen, I was very <laughs> apprehensive. Only because them stairs were a bugger. We literally were out of breath by the time we got to the show. Nah, I'm going to choose him on. And I was with me and Sam late as well. So, like, we were like panting, like mad running up them stairs every that's, week. That's why I never turned up because the lesson was over by the time I got up them stairs. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Anyone else? I'll go next because I think mine relates a little bit to Adam's. Um, so I, I've got a fear of sharks. I, I can't stand them. Uh, I, I used to, uh, they just freak me out. And just the idea of being 
in deep water. And that's like one of the situations where you're just helpless, aren't you? You can't do anything in that scenario. If you're face to face with a shark in deep water, you just got to death in that moment, haven't you? Really? <laughs> <laughs> you're surprised what's in Hamilton Lake, mate. Um, <laughs> no, it's just like even on TV, I, I haven't watched a movie with a shark in. I just, they freak me out, they scare me. What's um, that title? I have watched Shark Tale, in fairness, yeah. Um, great film, but yeah. No, that in it, Shark Tale. Yeah, under I'm not watching it, it again. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> the car wash. Oh, oh, oh. Right for that now, Dad. I fancied the fish out of Shark Tale. <laughs> <laughs> mine's also got a lot of the lines of, of, of Sam Adams. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't like sharks. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I've got a fear of them because I've not I've not come across one, not a real one anyway. Um, uh, I, probably if I if I did, then I won't fancy my chances against it. Um, but I, I think mine's more the sort of. To death. No. <laughs> Sorry. Fair, my, yeah, so mine is quite a boy. Mine's more general than that. I think it's more just the sort of the fear of the unknown. So, like for example, if I was in deep water and <laughs> I, yeah I'd be, I'd be worried that there was sharks or necessary or, or something that you know might come up from underneath that i can't see mm. or like you know things that oh. we just don't know about like death and things and, and and i don't know things like that i think that's what what scares me you got any Ollie? i think mine's, mine's probably the weirdest and i think you probably all all know it but i've i've got a phobia of um it's called lenticular photography it's that photography that when you look at it from different angles, it changes picture. And I just thought it was a weird thing that I had um, from quite a young age until I Googled and it turns out quite a lot of people have it. It's just like the little bridges between um, the lines in the picture. So it's, it's almost like Velcro as well. I'm not I'm not a big fan of um, Velcro and it's just, just the thought of scratching these lentic- lenticular photography. It just goes straight through me and my mum and dad always... Sorry, explain what it is again. What What is it? So do you remember... You've seen pictures where if you look at them from different angles, it changes picture. So if you look at it from the left, oh, it can be... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a joke if you want one. It just reminded me of it. Um, what's the difference between a camera and a sock? Go on. One takes four tools, the other takes five tools. <laughs> <laughs> oh, any words in your accent there, Dan, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot about one of my other phobias, actually. Bread. I'm actually scared of bread now. <laughs> yeah. not, prescri- not prescription bread. No, no, that's all that. On a similar line to Velcro, I uh, I wouldn't say it's a phobia, but I'm extremely put off by cotton wool. Can't, I can't touch it. It's that, it's that sort of vague noise it makes when you pull it apart. It, it rips me apart, honestly. I can't do it. Horrible. We're going to have to show where we just fight these fears. You're going to have to rip cotton wool. Dan's going to have to eat bread. And I can't touch it. I can't touch it. There's no way I'm coming on if you'll get the shark on this podcast. What, even, even if it's on a different screen? Yeah, absolutely. You know what's absolutely horrible as well? You know, I, I know we all had, probably all had whiteboards in school, but you know the chalkboards? If someone goes like that with chalk, I, like I, I, right now, I've got goosebumps. Like it's horrible. It sends shivers down me. It's the worst thing ever. Like going Aah! with with your oh. Look at Jason. Polystyrene apart as well. Polystyrene. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I like oh, it's, it, it's it squeaks when you touch it, Dan. Oh, <laughs> that's gonna be taken out of context. Clip <laughs> 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 Ollie, please clip that. <laughs> So for this week's quiz, lads, I've I've completely ripped off the concept of perfection, which hasn't been on TV for six years now. So I'm not sure they'll be that bothered that, that we've we've used it. So has anybody actually watched Perfection before? Oh no. yes. Right, Adam has. I'm not gonna... I have. <laughs> Sadly, there's only basically going to be one of you playing throughout the show, whereas three of you are going to have to keep on leaving and joining back. So we're going to decide on who that one person who is playing. The show now I've got my, my randomizer here. Can you see that? Oh, okay. Oh, what's yeah. that about? Yeah. Yep. It is Sam. Oh, oh. is that good or bad? No, oh, I'm bad. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, can I ask? It was a random generator, Catherine. You're <laughs> 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 so, can I ask Sam, Adam, and Dan? So please cover your eyes and make sure you can't hear me or Sam. Right, Sam, can you see my screen? Can. Right, so I'm going to show you four statements. Right. And you're going to have to tell me if they are true or false. Are you ready? I am. Three, two, one, go. Millwall are the only English league team with no curved letters when written in capitals. True. Patrick Michael had saved more penalties at Old Trafford than his dad. True. Test Fabregas holds the record for the most assists in Premier League history. True. Scottish side Motherwell won the Copa del Rey in 1927. I mean, if this is true, then fair play. Do you know what? I will say true, because if, if I call that, then I look brilliant. Just in time. Right. Let's let's message the, um, the group chat to get everyone else back. Right, OK, so I've given Sam... Four statements, and he's answered whether he believes they're true or false. So I'll read the statements out okay. again, just so you can you can try to work them out yourselves. The Millwall are the only English league team with no curved letters when written in capitals. Sam answered true. Casper Schmeichel has said more penalties at Old Trafford than his dad. Sam answered true. Des Fabregas holds the record for most assists in Premier League history. Sam answered true. And Scottish side Motherwell won the Copa del Rey in 1927. Sam answered true. So what do we think of Sam's answers? Do we think he's a due perfection? No. Is that? No. Uh, I'm not sure about the first one, but I'm sure we can try and work it out. I'm I'm not sure about Seth Farragut. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the second and the last one are wrong. I'm not sure about Millwall. I was going to say, whilst you think through this, I'm going to tell you that Sam hasn't achieved perfection and he's got three right out of the four. So there's definitely one that you need to change. Uh, I think it's Fabregas. Then. I I would say it is, but I'm right. sure let's, let's focus on on that top one a second. Yeah, you think of all the name endings: town, county, United. Mm-hmm. They all have curved letters in, so it'll have to be a standalone name, like Millwall, like Blackpool, Gillingham. Mm. But they both got curves oh, in. No. Barnsley, R, no, B, and B. S, and the B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. I think Millwall is. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, I think that is true. The first one. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna back myself and say that, that I think Motherwell will have played in the Copa del Rey just because I think they did. I've got a I don't know if it was that year. 
That's a problem. I've got a feeling that they're Dundee United, oh. not Motherwell, that with the Scottish oh. team, the Copa del Rey. But which one are we? But we're only looking for one false answer. Yeah, yeah, there's only one that's not true. We've disregarded Casper Schmeichel. I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah, I think I've heard that. Um, I, I think I think Ozil's had more than Fabregas assists. Right, I yeah, think it's Motherwell, so Cameron got the casting vote for which one to change. I feel... Put your blindfold on him and point. Adam's got me doubting that it, it might not be Motherwell. Um, I don't think it was, was Rangers or Celtic. Dundee, Dundee United, maybe. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'll back down. I'll back down and say that the Fabregas one's false, which I think you probably shouldn't do if you're choosing to back down on Adam, but I... I, I that was my gut instinct. That so are we changing? Are we changing Seth Fabregas to false? Yeah. Right. So let's go through the others first. So Millwall are the only te- English team with no curved letters oh. when written in capitals. Ashbridge Michael has saved more penalties at Old Trafford than his dad. Uh-huh. The Scottish side Motherwell did win the Copa Copa del Rey in 1927. Oh, yes. Test Fabricast comes second to Ryan Giggs. Oh, really? So it wasn't Ozil, fair enough. Right, so as as you manage to steal that round off of Sam, you get to choose two categories that Sam has to answer from in his final round. So which categories from non-league, goalkeepers, European Super League, Pep Guardiola, Jamie (laughs) O'Hara, mascots, transfers, YouTube, Bulgaria, Premier League, Leicester City 15-16 season, or music? Which two categories are you going to give Sam? I, I, I think we should go one away from football, so I'd, I'd say music. Oh, yeah, I'd definitely say music. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Sam, Sam, Sam knows a lot about a very small amount of music. There's a lot of music yeah. Sam has no idea of it. Like the Kooks, Mumford and Sons, he's all right with. Yeah, that captures the bottom and then he's out, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. The amount of I think, times I, I think maybe Bulgaria is a bit of a... And I've just gone, what is that? I don't want Bulgaria. Yeah, it's an absolute classic. Um, I think I think we should give Sam Bulgaria. They're a bit of a wild card. I'm quite happy with Bulgaria. Bulgaria, then. They're going with music on Bulgaria to take into Sam's final yep. round. Mm-hmm. We're going to move into round two. I need you three to go again, and I'll let you know when you can come back. Right, Sam. Are you ready for round two? Three, two, one, go. Luis Suarez has a daughter named Delfina, which is an anagram of Anfield. I mean, Delfina is an anagram of Anfield. Um, false. Sir Alex Ferguson has won 11 Premier League titles with Manchester United. Um, thought it was 13, so false. Tommy Abraham has a brother called Tommy. No, it's Timmy. False. Brazilian World Cup <laughs> winning superstar Grincha lost his virginity to a goat. True. True. Loads of time to spare there. How do you think you've done on that round, Sam? Horribly. As soon as I thought that the first three were false, I thought, well, at least two of them have to be true. Otherwise, there's no point doing research for them, is there? Let's get the other other people back. Are you ready for the next set of statements that Sam has answered for? So, Luis Suarez has a daughter named Delfina, which is an anagram of Anfield. Sam answered false. Sir Alex Ferguson won 11 Premier League titles with Manchester United. Sam also answered false for that as well. Tammy Abraham has a brother called Tommy. Sam answered false. The Brazilian World Cup winning superstar Garincha lost his virginity to a goat. Sam answered true. What do we think of Sam's answers there? Right, I know for a fact that number, the first one's true. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think he's achieved perfection. Definitely not. No, they're interesting, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Which one's second your interest, Kel? Is <laughs> <laughs> the Tommy one that's making me laugh? Um, yeah, no, it's. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty certain that that one is false. T- t- imagine, imagine being called Tommy. <laughs> Well, just like later on, I can tell you that Sam's not achieved perfection. He's got three right out of the four. So which oh, one? Oh. Which one are you looking to change? Got out three of out of four. Yeah. Oh well, I know for a fact yeah, that it's it's definitely the top one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll trade that to true then, please. Ollie. You go with top one to true. hundred percent. That is correct. Tommy so Abraham. <laughs> Tommy Abraham. He has a brother called Timmy, not Tommy. Yeah. But Luis Suarez does have a daughter named Delfina, so that means you have stolen the round from Sam once again, and you get to pick two more categories. I think Leicester would be quite fun. Yeah. Jamie O'Hara. Jamie O'Hara. That's I'm about to Jamie O'Hara. Say, yeah. oh, great. We're taking Leicester, <laughs> Leicester City 15 6 season, and Jamie O'Hara. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the two go hand in hand, Ollie. <laughs> right, time to move on. To round three, which is the final round for someone, you need to get you need to get some of your own categories here, Sam. So I'm going to ask Dan, Adam, and Cam to leave us again, please, and I'll message or ring you when it's time to come back. Oh, Sam, are you great. ready for round three? Uh, yes. Three, two, one. Barton Athletic's nickname is the Latic. False. Reed Evera has twenty-four siblings. True. Peter Crouch is the tallest ever Premier League player. Oh, I'm not sure. Is Lovren Crouch taller? I mean, there's been some lofty, lofty players. In the... I'll go false. The Netherlands national team have had the same amount of English managers as the England national team. I mean, that's just so random that it has to be true, surely. True. In time as well. So let's get Dan, Adam and Cam back in. Dan, Adam and Cam are back. So I'm going to take you through the round three statements and give you Sam's answers as well. So Charlton Athletics' nickname right. is the Latics. Sam answered false. Patrice Ever has 24 siblings. Sam said that was true. Peter Crouch is the tallest ever Premier League player. Sam said that was false. And the Netherlands national team have had the same amount of English managers as England. Sam said that was true. What do we think of Sam's answers there? Oh, that last yeah, one's awesome. thrown me off. Yeah, I, I, I That's that really thrown me off. That's that's weird as hell. Like, uh, who's 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 English that's managed them? I can't think of one. That's I can't think of one. That can't be right. No, it can't. I mean, England have had Loads. eight or nine. Yeah, minimum. The one had eight or nine in England. Yeah, because some were Scottish. Like Alfred uh, was Scottish, I think, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. Obviously, Ericsson. Uh, um, I think I'd agree with. Do you reckon? Could you yeah. name a, a taller player than Peter Crouch in the Premier League? Zigic. I think Crouch was the tallest. I'll, I'll oh. probably go with what you think, but I think Crouch was the tallest. Well, I don't think he, I don't think that he's achieved perfection. No. Come, I think we, I think, come I think do you think he's achieved perfection? No, I don't, I don't think he has. I'll tell you that Sam actually has achieved perfection on this one. Yeah, I can. Well played. Well played. Oh, one. Wow. Well played. Who's the tallest Templar? It's a it, it was Costel Pantelimon and Platina Triore both six foot eight. Ah. Ah. 
So that means that Sam gets to pick two categories of his own for the oh, final round. About time. So Sam, out of, these, out of these remaining categories, which two categories do you want to take into the final round with you? Do I want to take? Yes. Okay. Um, I'll have the European Super League, please. I don't want to give them non-league and goalkeepers because that's Adam and Cam's speciality. But then if I take them off, I won't be able to answer them either. So it's catch-22, really. Um, I'll have mascots. Mm. With European Super League and mascots. Right, I need, I'm, I'm going to ask you three to go again, please. I'll message you again when you come oh. back. I think that's the last time, though. So, Sam, are you ready for the final round? For the chance Do to I need to for... see it or is it just... I will show you it. Are you ready for the chance to play for five pounds? Whoa, it's the chance I've been waiting for my entire life, Ollie. What would you do if you won five pounds? So, what would that I, do I might, I might buy another panda. Adopt another panda. We'll all, we're not, we're not all pandas in the world. Are you ready for your final round, Sam? I'm going to give you a bit longer for this one. These are six questions instead of four. Three, two, one. Manchester City were the first team to formally withdraw from the European Super League. Hmm. I think they were officially, yes. True. True. Jimmy O'Hara played for both Arsenal and Tottenham during his youth career. True. Plymouth Argyle's mascot is called Pilgrim Paul. <laughs> I don't know why, but there's something in my head thinking that he's actually called Pete, not Paul. So I'm going to go false. Dimitar Beresov is the most capped Bulgarian player of all time. <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to be some random fact about Bulgaria. Um, no, I think we'll be. Oh. I mean, he's the obvious choice, isn't he? False. During Leicester City's title winning season, Jamie Vardy finished as their top scorer with 24 league goals. What was Maris? False. Lindisfarne, a progressive folk rock band from Newcastle, re-released their single Fog on the Tide in 1990 with Paul Gascoigne on vocals. True. True. How do you think you've done on them statements, Sam? I don't think I've achieved perfection, Ollie, to be honest. You think you, you, think you might need some help from uh, I think Dan I will. Adam I, absolutely. Adam, Adam, I'm thinking, might know the Lindisfarne one. Um but yeah, I, I think if all four of us put our brains together, we still might not get it. Let's get the other three back in and see what they make of your answers. So, Dan, Adam and Cam, I'm going to read you the statements out and then you're going to tell me what you think of Sam's answers. Manchester City were the first team to formally withdraw from the European Super League. Sam answered true. Jimmy O'Hara played for both Arsenal and Tottenham during his youth career. Sam also answered true to that. Plymouth Argyle's mascot is called Pilgrim Paul. Some thought that was false. Dimitar Berbatov is the most capped Bulgarian player of all time. Some said false again. During Leicester City's title winning season, Jamie Vardy finished as their top scorer with 24 league goals. Some answered false. And Lindisfarne, a progressive folk rock band from Newcastle, re-released their single Fog on the Tyne in 1990 with Paul Gascoigne on vocals. Some answered true. So Sam, if you want to speak to the remaining three to see if they can help you out with any that you were unsure about and do you think I've achieved perfection uh, no me neither mate to be honest but what are you going to do I think you've got four wrong or right right Cam you've got four right uh, I, I think you've got five right do you 
Well, well, I thought well, I'd got. Well, it's, 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 I, I don't know any, <laughs> pretty much all of the answers. Me so. neither, Mitt. <laughs> I, I would say five. I'd say I'd go five. Adam? I think five of those are correct. Oof. So for three quid, I'll come in and change. Three quid? I'm so confused. I'm sorry, I don't get it. I'm really sorry, I just don't understand. He wants to take most of the prize money. I don't get it. Adam, He's you, the one that's Adam, got two you, wages as well. Adam, would you be willing to come in and change any of the answers? Uh, yes, and I and I, I only want one pound fifty because I appreciate hard work, Sam. You see, Cheers, mate. Oh, okay, I sorry, do I, do, I do understand now. I do understand now. Right, I'll 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 match Adam there and say that's funny. One fifty because I don't oh. need the actual answer, do I? What? Yeah, what percentage confident are you, Dan? Oh, seventy-five percent. Adam, what percentage confident are you? I am ninety percent sure that one of them is incorrect. Oh. <laughs> and, you, and you know which one's incorrect. I'm a hundred. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a hundred percent that one of them is incorrect, and I'm seventy-five percent sure that the other one is. That means that, that means that you're eight, yeah, yeah, eight and a half percent sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, then I'm that. I'm that. Um, uh, you've kept quiet. Yeah. Uh, um. You're just going to yeah, rule yourself I, out. Is that why? No, I, 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 I'm fairly, I'm fairly confident that one's wrong. Um. I, th- I reckon we might have all gone. For- I reckon we might all go for the same one here. Obviously, we're not going to. I'm not going to say which one I think is wrong. Mm. Um, but some ones I've already said it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I- I'm going to make it interesting just so you can pick between me and Adam because I-, I don't know if you're going down. You might do it too fair because you wasn't sure that you got five out of six. Um, but I'll-, I'll match Adam's offer and say one pound fifty for for one one change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I will stick in for someone because otherwise then this whole point, this whole conversation for the past 20 <laughs> minutes has been pointless. Um, and, you know, I've got that connection with Adam being um, with him on commentary for the past two years. So if, if he is wrong, then I can rip <laughs> it out while we're, we're on commentary for the, for the foreseeable. Um, so I will go with Adam um, just because if he is wrong, then I can get choice, him back. Choice. Go on then, Adam. What, what, which one did you think was wrong? Okay, I think Plymouth Argyle's mascot is called Pilgrim Paul. Do you? See, the only reason I changed yes. that one was because I thought it was called Pil- Pilgrim Pete, which is what I said to Ollie. <laughs> it was it was genuinely just something I had in the back of my mind. It wasn't a definitive answer. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I just I, that I, Leicester you know City one <sighs> that Dan mentioned. I'll tell you after. I I'm, I I was seventy five percent confident that Mares was the top scorer. I don't Not think it was 24 because I mean, if you think last season was it when there was three of them share the golden boot? That was it 20, wasn't even wasn't 20. It? it was yeah, yeah, it was 20. I think I think 24 is too high. Granted, he scored in 11 consecutive games, but mm. I think I don't I, remember I, him I scoring many doubles. High, so I don't think he got many braces either. That's the same thing. So that's probably why. Yeah, <laughs> did I say either? That's what I meant. I just meant to change the word. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm happy to change. Uh, but Pilgrim to be fair. I mean, but, but now you've picked me, I can be totally confident. I'm not 100% sure that Berbatov's true or false. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, me, me so, neither, but I just thought... But I can't think of anybody else. No. Where was um, where was Lev Yashin from, the goalkeeper? Was he Bulgarian? He was, yeah. Because he, he, he must have got a lot of... But Dan's just changed his face, so I don't think he's... I think he was Russian. <laughs> that's because we play FIFA. <laughs> yeah. And again, with Bulgaria country, when he was playing... 
playing football. Maybe mm. not, actually. Hmm, yeah. How many you right, So I think I think we should change. I think we should change. Plymouth Argyle's mascot is called Pilgrim Paul to True, yeah. and leave the other five as they yeah, are. Yeah, I agree with that. So you're changing three from false to true. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So which which ones were you most confident about? <laughs> None of them. <laughs> Lindisfarne. Yeah. Yeah, which <laughs> yeah, Linda's yeah, definitely true. Can I tell you what I would have done before? No, do no, this? no. Why? Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> I can just change my mind. To be fair, they can't change their answer now. It's long. Exactly, they can't change their answer. It's going it, It's not going to go in. I, I made a mistake. I don't think he's called Pilgrim Paul. I, so that was right, but I was thinking it was wrong. That's complicated. And I think Vardy's. So it was only one. I think he's got one wrong, and I think it was. Um, the Vardy one, and I think he did score 24. Well, I can confirm that the Linders Farm one is true. So you have got that one right between you. I can also confirm Good. that Jimmy O'Hara did play for both Arsenal and Tottenham. Oh, why has he left the first one? <laughs> well, this is where it goes downhill, Sam. <laughs> because oh, Chelsea... God. Oh, I did. I did say it was between Chelsea and Man City when answering, didn't I? But I thought Man City were the first official ones. I thought they were. Chelsea were the first team to officially formally withdraw from the European Super League, so that was false. Plymouth Argyle's mascot is called Pilgrim Pete, like you said. No way. <laughs> you got the Dimitar Berbatov one right because Stylian Petrov is the most capped Bulgarian player of all time. Fortunately, Jamie Vardy did finish the season at Leicester's top scorer with 24 league goals, which means, how many did you get right? Three. three. You got three out of the six right, so sadly the take home that five pounds and it rolls on to next week when, when the next person hurts, so they're going to have to put five quid off instead. <laughs> so you won, Ali. I won. <laughs> Why do, you think, why do you think it was such difficult questions? I, I've been confident this whole time that I'm keeping that five quid. Realistically, as well, I'm not going to and this is against all of us because none of us realised, that top question about the Europe, European Super League, that was probably the most obvious one, the easiest question to answer. All right, Dan. It was, no, I know, but we, none of us got it. Like, And we were all talking about it as well. I think, I think it's just the fact that that 48 hours, it, just sort of, it happens all so quickly yeah, that it, you can't yeah. really remember what happened when. Yeah. So we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Rematch Podcast. Make sure to follow at Rematch Podcast on Twitter to make sure you don't miss the episode go live. So what have we learned in this week's podcast? Dan spends his spare time killing wasps, Sam's scared of Shark Tale and the Super League is shit.